We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. I am Kirk Henderson, joined by Josh Bo. I would say as always, but I've been such a <laughs> slack ass the past week. Oh, it's no. very, it's very difficult for me to say as always when I'm simply never here. You're joining me. It's about ten ten on Wednesday, uh, January seventeenth, twenty twenty four. Thank you so much for hanging out with Josh and I. We're coming to you following the Dallas Mavericks losing to the Los Angeles Lakers one twenty seven to one ten. Josh, how are you, and how do you plan to answer for your crimes? I just, I'm just gonna drop an f bomb right now and just say all of y'all can fuck off with this jinxing shit because I am tired of it. I am tired of posting stats with no, no context or just posting. No, there was plenty of context. You're like the Mavs are either gonna hit their threes and win. If they're not gonna hit their threes, they're gonna lose. I wasn't trying to say, oh, haha, look at how many more threes the Mavericks make per game. They're going to beat the Lakers by a billion points. No, I was just posting relevant stats to a matchup. Um, And oh, by the way, look what fucking happened. The Mavericks missed all their threes and they lost by a billion points. So I was kind of right. So suck it. If you if I get one more jinxer in my mentions, I'm blocking and but shutting just, down like, just my go, app. Like go go through mute. It's free. over. I, I for one, I'm tired of it. It's I funny, one, love but it. I'm over it. Like you never get mad. That's top notch. No, but it's just it's it's people being stupid because it's it's this is well, really how the Mavericks fun. season goes. Yeah. Well, it's fun and it's also like not understanding how the Mavericks team is built. It's just not. Like you, you see these bumble fucks out there being like Luka Doncic came back tonight and the Mavericks lost. Coincidence? Oh, I guess the Mavericks never won any fucking games before without Luka playing. Fucking morons. <laughs> Go to hell. God. That's Luka how you start like, a podcast telling everyone that listens. Everyone, to fuck off. <laughs> no, no, no. The person who deserves the most shade is is friend of the program, Nick Angstad, who went on WFAA and had the most Dwight Schrute look at the camera moment when talking about how the Mavericks have a great coaching staff, I about died. Nick, 
Way to go, buddy. Anyway, we're here. The Lakers beat the Mavericks. <laughs> you know, Chuck Cooperstein shared a stat before the game that I want to know if you know this. How many times do you think the Dallas Mavericks have beat the Los Angeles Lakers in Los Angeles in the regular season in history? So 40 years. So we're talking roughly 80 matchups. Well, God, I know it's not that it's not a lot because we've been watching them play in LA for a while. And I mean, they probably lost every single game in the nineties. They lost a lot in the Dirk years. Dirk did not beat the Lakers a lot. Um, it's probably, is it under 10? Is it's it like 20? They've won 24 times <laughs> under 10. Uh, it's not quite that horrible. Yeah. The, the Lakers were pretty bad during the late 2000s. That's right. They, that's they've right, won four right. of their 24 in the last like two years. Um, because the Mavericks have actually played pretty well in LA. And so you could come into this game, you know, Kyrie's, uh, simply been incandescent, uh, which is pretty perfect that it times up with the fact that I've not been able to come on podcasts. So if, if you're a, if you're a, a conspiracy amazing games. wondering, which I'm just like, look, like I'm much more likely to duck a, a good Josh green game than I am a good Kyrie Irving game. Cause like if Kyrie w- it works, that means the Mavericks win. like Josh green could have an outstanding game and the Mavericks could still win by 20. Cause Josh green doesn't affect when you're losing. Bam. <laughs> Sorry. I'm feeling it tonight. Um, I just don't know what to do with this game because it really did feel that simple. Uh, you go look at the box score and every, every single Maverick played like shit, mm-hmm. yeah. including Luca. Yeah. Luca, this was, this was a, I mean, that triple double is really hiding a lot of stench from his game. I thought <clears throat> he started the game really poorly, at least shooting, shooting the ball wise. He was passing it. Okay. For the, at least the first quarter, second quarter. I don't know what happened. He, Started having had some really weird turnovers. Um, but he shot the ball really poorly to start the game. Like he missed a three-pointer that was like wide open in transition that like he missed under like it hit the underside of the rim, which that means you've you've really missed a shot. He started to score a little bit better in the second quarter, but then he started throwing turning the ball over like crazy. Um yep. he somehow finished with four turnovers, so he just kind of contained it to that second quarter. And then he came out in the third and like he there, he was like disengaged from the game. Uh, he let Kyrie handle the ball, which is totally fine. And he probably uh, should. They, they wanted to get Kyrie going. going. Yeah, that they, was they totally did. fine. Yeah. But like, dude, you got if you're if that's the game plan, you got to. That doesn't mean you get to take all those possessions off. Like he was just not part of the game at all in the third quarter, uh, and his transition defense was really bad. I mean. Everyone's trans- the team transition defense is just really, really bad. It's been bad. You don't get beat that bad. What was the transition point difference? It's got to have been something like it was close to like 40 to four. It was 32 to seven. Ugh. And when you miss, they missed 29 three pointers. When you miss 29 three pointers against the LeBron James team, he's going to run the ball down your throat, which is uh-huh. exactly what happened. I mean, and he, they, and, and frankly, LeBron didn't play a good first half. Like no. that halftime score was indicative of the Lakers not taking advantage of opportunities. Yes, yes. Um, they, the Mavericks should have been down by 15 at the, at the and it, it was really, it was like, okay, the Mavericks are hanging around. The Mavericks are going to yeah. have a chance here because the Lakers have really sort of given up given up elements of this game. You know, Anthony Davis played, and I talked to some Laker fans, friends during the game. They said that game was Anthony Davis's probably best performance of the season, and it was. He was really, he was he really was, good. He was really good. He worked every single person who guarded him. Uh, so it's hard to be mad that an all NBA caliber center beat the hell out of you. Uh, 
it's just Davis is so touch and go when it comes to injuries. I mean, this has been if if you followed him, this has been his his sturdiest year in a long time. Like in the and that the Lakers are just twenty one and twenty one now is a little bit surprising. Uh, I mean, because they look good tonight, and and you know they shot the ball really well. The D'Angelo Russell of it all was really really bizarre. Um, he's not good. And uh, he's allowed to have a good game, which is fine, but he's not good. And he just torched the Mavericks. I mean, there was this, I don't know if you saw this. We don't even like Mavs Moneyball is, is there's a combination of the fact that because I'm tired with a newborn and Josh and I both have day jobs, it, it looks like we try to stay above the fray on some of like the more clickbaity shit, like trade rumors and Ramona Shelburne's whack-ass story about Kyrie maybe wanting to join the Lakers and like, shut the fuck up. Like he wasn't going to join the Lakers because Lakers had no means to get him stupid. And, and so of course, like, like we just don't cover or pay attention to this stuff because I don't have the brain. I don't have the brain power for it this year. Maybe next year I will, but not now. Um, and so it's like, you're, you're, you're watching this game. I was going somewhere with this, I swear. And like, like there's just, this game had so many stupid narrative points <laughs> around it. And it, 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 it's, it's just, I don't want to say I'm glad the Lakers beat the hell out of the Mavericks, but the Mavericks have, have, were a little high on their own supply after these, some of these wins that they've had, because they're, the Mavericks are, in my opinion, a pretty good team. They're not a great team. I have said, I think that their goal should be to avoid the plan. That doesn't mean, you know, there's one guy who always pops near his negative Nancy who says, um, the Mavericks are a playing team. Look at the roster. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. But the point is, one thirty eight games last year. <laughs> they could, you know, you 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 just you, you win six more, you avoid the plan. Like, I'm sorry. It's like I think the Mavericks are capable of that. Um and it's just there there was there was enough about this game to where it was like sort of set up from failure in advance, particularly with the way the first quarter went. I kind of blame myself because like the Mavericks gave up a 13 to 2 run when I turned on the game. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's my fault. The old Dolph <laughs> Trig trig thing. And I just I don't really know where to go with this game. It it yeah. it it feels like a little bit of a waste of time. Like there've been some of these games the past few weeks where, Oh, we got to be mad at Jason kid. And I'm like, I, I, what does kid do in this game? Like, what could he do differently? Like he can't get the, he can't make them get back on transition D, you know? So I don't think Jason kids decisions could have won them this no. game, but there were some things. Um, first off, I wanted you circle back to D'Angelo Russell, like that kind of ties into it. Uh, so, you know, he's a great scorer. Like I'm not surprised he scored 29. It was kind of a, a, this was kind of a perfect matchup for him because he's an all offense guy. He can't play any defense. And the Mavericks, um, you know, you would think with Kyrie and Luka that they would be able to exploit him a little bit more, but I thought they, you know, they weren't able to take advantage of that matchup very well. And then the other end of the floor, there's no Josh Green, no Dante Exum, um, Derek Jones, you know, you're starting Kyrie, Luka, and Tim. We're, you know, that's, not a defensive trio that's uh, very fearsome, I would like to say. So Russell kind of had his way on offense because the Mavericks were out of guards to, to guard him with. I mean, yeah. you put Derek Jones on him, okay, who's guarding LeBron? Like, it was just the Mavericks just didn't have the matchup, which is why I want to go back to kid and coaching because you know you have no Exum, you know you have uh, no Josh Green. So you're, base, you're, you're short defensive perimeter players, basically. Jones is your only one in the normal rotation. So Kidd had two, two options. He could double down on trying to outscore the Lakers and play Seth Curry and Jaden Hardy, or maybe you go a little deeper into your bench. You play someone like A.J. Lawson, a little more athletic, a little more size. You sacrifice some offense to maybe give you some energy and defense. 
And he went with Curry and Hardy. And he played Curry five minutes. Is Steph Curry good at basketball? I, I don't know. That dude, he, he got he looks, monstered or something. He looks like he has gone through the washing machine. He he is yeah. he like I, I get that he like volume is a thing when you're a shooter, but like oh what the I don't yeah. know, where he's is not it? making shots. Um I mean him and Hardy combined for, for seven points in twenty five minutes. Hardy played twenty minutes, one of five from three, minus seven. Both of their defense, both of them played pretty poor defense. Russell was able to, D'Angelo Russell was able to kind of get whatever he wanted. And it was just a little like, it was pretty obvious kid, you know, playing AJ Lawson 20 minutes wouldn't have changed the results of this game. But I could maybe understand the process a little bit better because you're missing Exum and you're missing Green. He instead, you know, he doubled down on offense instead of trying to find some ways to get some stops, which is kind of surprising because kid for all we know, is supposedly a defensive first coach. But he played offense first all night. They played small. Um, you know, Maxi played 21 minutes. Uh, Powell did not play basically at all. Uh, you know, he played seven minutes, played a little bit of garbage time. So, right. you know, backup center was either – it was either Grant or Maxi. Like, they just, you know, they played one big on the floor all night against a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And shockingly enough, the Lakers kind of had their way in the paint. Like even if the Mavericks made their threes, I think this still would have either been a close win or a close loss because the Lakers were still getting whatever they wanted in the paint. Guess what? They scored 62 points in the paint. Um, that's, what? That's, af- that's after giving up. I think they gave up 60 points in the paint against the Pelicans on Saturday, on uh, Monday, but no one cared because Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie Irving went, went bananas. So that was that but, was the yeah. stat. I saw there there are three things that I saw in my timeline tonight. It doesn't matter. Like th- social media is not indicative of anything. But like when I saw three people, three different people in my timeline tonight tweeting about how Luca's back. Oh, look at how bad the Mavs are playing on offense. And I'm like, they gave up 62 points in the paint. Yeah. <laughs> that is bad. Yeah. And yeah, you know, Luca does play a part in that, and that his defense wasn't particularly good. So, but I, you know, it's still, it's like that, that's a team thing. Like Derek Lively's had, I don't know. Over the first 40, uh, this is the 42nd game of the year. Um, the Mavericks have uh, lively probably had like five to 10 NBA games this year, where, which was like a welcome to the NBA moment for the rookie. And and playing against Anthony Davis was it was tonight was one. He he just didn't matter. That's okay. It's not his fault. Davis is great. Still, still had 16 and 11. Like, oh, yeah, was, yeah. Just defensively. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's tough. It's interesting, like the de- the defense, because everyone's gonna, you know, the missed threes. Like we could have started the podcast and said the Mavericks missed through threes. All right, good night, everyone. Like that was that was really the 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 open and shut case of it. But I've you know defensively the last two weeks they've been at like seventh according to cleaning the glass and defensive rating the last two weeks. And I've been wondering, like I haven't really we haven't really talked about it a lot. I mean, me and you haven't talked a lot, you know, period. But even with the you know. Just haven't written about it on the site. I haven't talked about it a lot because I wondered, like, how real is this? And then you look at the last two weeks, like, they played Portland twice. Minnesota, who's uh, a bad offense, despite, yeah. despite their team being really good. They're a bad offense. Uh, yes. Memphis, bad offense. Uh, Knicks, that was – Knicks was a good offense, but the Knicks scored at will. They gave up 124 points. I think they had, like, 127 offensive rating in that game. Uh, New Orleans, good offense, but they lost to the backups and they didn't play good defense that game. The game they won against New Orleans, New Orleans scored 60 points in the paint, even though they won. And then they lose this game to Los Angeles, also gave up six points in the paint. So they haven't really 
they're good defense the last two weeks. If you want to be glass half empty, is they really just fattened up on the Portlands and and Memphis and, uh, and you know teams that just can't really score all that well. Uh, yeah. So take it for what you will. Uh, you know they're gonna play some good. You know they play Golden State Friday, Boston Monday, Phoenix uh, on Wednesday. Sacramento, like they're going to play some good offenses. They play Milwaukee and, and Philadelphia within the next, you know, two or so weeks. Like, so we will see if, if this last two weeks was just because they happen to have a good schedule in terms of playing, you know, suboptimal offenses or if their defense has really turned a corner. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. That's right. All right. Time for me to take a minute and chill. If you could go ahead and like our stream, we would appreciate that. If you could also consider subscribing to our page, we go live after every game, or at least one of us does. Uh, and <laughs> at some point, I will begin having regular uh, secondary post game shows again. The problem is, is like this, like two to three hour chunks of sleep is making me completely unworkable. Um, and I, I just can't, I can't keep staying up this late and, you know, stay married. You guys will hopefully understand. <laughs> um, we're very, very close to figuring out this, uh, Apple iTunes thing. So if you're listening in, there's a secondary feed out there, which for some reason is updating. Uh, I'll eventually hopefully get Apple to merge both of those. I have no idea how this happened. It is unbelievable stupidity by the company that previously owned our podcast. Um, things just happen sometimes though, and you got to work through them. Oh, thanks for letting me um, talk for a minute. There will probably be some podcast ads inserted in there as well, uh, at least if you're listening on the audio feed. All right. um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I were to tell you, or if I were to ask you to guess what Seth Curry is shooting from three-point range in 2024, what would you guess? Just because this was interesting to me. It's not like it ultimately matters. But I know. I mean, I know it's bad. 31%? It is 18%. Wait, what? He has scored 14 points in 2024. Oh, uh, 2024. I thought you said for the season. My bad. Season, he's down to... He's at 38-ish? Yeah. Yeah. That's but he's not... Down. That's not shocking near, to me. <laughs> yeah. It's not near... Because he had a pretty good December. It's not near... Okay. Like, he he is... You know, for people who think he sucks, and I get he has played badly. He's statistically... I think he still is the very best three-point shooter in NBA history. So... You know, a couple of shots go down. Maybe things are a little bit different. I just, I kind of feel bad for him. Like he is, his, it's a volume, like shooting the way he shoots. You know, we kind of thought that he'd get some of the opportunity that Tim would going back to the beginning of the regular season. He just doesn't have it. And, and, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating over time. Um, 
what else should we talk about here? I mean, I have, I have some like maxi thoughts that, that are completely like potentially unfair. But... <laughs> Despite the fact that he finally showed a pulse tonight. Well, so he didn't take those threes until the game was done. Like yeah, his threes didn't matter. So if he's going to be out there playing stretch five, I need the man to stretch. <laughs> I don't mind if he, I mean, I, I will mind if he misses, but like, let's talk Baby about steps. it after he misses. Okay. <laughs> You know, I don't, you know, he's out there looking handsome. Now he did have some very interesting defensive plays. He had a block of the rim look good. You can kind of see the, the idea of what they're going for in these kind of limited Cleaver minutes. Um, but even still, he was a negative 17 in 21 minutes. Like he didn't, like he didn't bring a ton to the table. Do you know what I mean? So it's no, like, no, no, and they need, it's one of those things where it's probably not that big a deal, except for the fact that they just put so much on him. Like, yeah. Okay, that's true. Nor- like I think normally, like if this was like a normal roster, <laughs> where you're not relying on the thirty, soon to be thirty two year old undrafted, uh, undrafted player to be your defensive anchor for the most part, uh, you know, or you're def- like one of your defensive linchpins who's can't stay on the court the last two years. It's like, oh well, you know, just he'll be out of depth. But no, it's like, no, we need him back, and and if he plays, he has to be good. Like, mm-hmm. so he just. You get thrown right back into it after he missed. I mean, he missed two months. Um, so it's not ideal. Uh, you know, it says more about the Mavs roster that they need him to be good right away than than I think, you know, he is what he is at this point. Like, I, you know, he kind of has to re... I mean, he's played... He played 37 games last year. He's played seven games this year. Um, he kind of has to re-earn that spot. Sure. Uh, and find himself again and then you know in 2022 before that finals before that western conference finals run he was having like his worst season like ever um remember before the playoffs started i mean he shot 32 and a half percent from three in 2022 so like regular season wise he's on a little bit of a, of a cold streak and it, and i don't think it's any coincidence that it coincides with the fact that he just can't stay healthy um so he needs to find a way to get healthy first and then see where it goes from there. But unfortunately, the Mavericks like need him since Grant Williams like is gone. I, I don't know like if they're gonna get I think the Grant Williams from the first just seven or ten games of the season is not coming back. He's not even uh, fun to be mad at. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's sad. He had this like quasi non incident with Torian Green where he got um where he drew a flagrant foul. And it was just like, I think I've made this reference before, but if I haven't, I, I, I hope it hits true with old people that listen to the old people that watch WWE in the late 90s, early 2000s. He behaves like D'Lo Brown <laughs> of, 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 of various wrestling factions, but like <laughs> between like the head and the like the just the flamboyant bullshit and then not being particularly interesting to watch. Like that's grant for me. And the, and the, maybe the unearned swagger despite being, cause he was what he was in the nation of domination. And he was like the fourth, he was like the fourth best guy. I mean, he was actually like a really good wrestler, but in terms yeah, of like yeah. billing, a technical, like, unbelievably technical, but just like but, not, you know, he, he was with the rock and Farouk and like such a badass like group. <laughs> and like I was the dude in the crowd being like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, that gift that's out there. Yeah, they, <laughs> the, the, the like 12 year old raising his hand, <laughs> raising his fist. I just, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for Grant, man. 
Yeah, it's it's a little sad that like he's had 15 points in the last two games, and it's like that feels like he went three of seven against the Pelicans, one of four from three, scored seven points. He had seven assists, which was kind of nice, and it was like, wow, he's he's back. When like you know the preseason expectation for him was like, can he be like a 12 to 10 to 12 point scorer? Did I say Torian Green? My you did God, say Torian Green. <laughs> I was just going to let you have it. It's one of those nights. I'm sorry. Joe pointed out where he said Dorian Green hasn't been a name since Yukinoa was in Florida. Oh, my God. I'm old. Dorian Prince. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good pull, though. No, my brain is filled with so much useless information. Like, I could log on right now and find, like, where the bobbleheads are in Fallout 3. That game was released in 2008, I think. Like, just, I've, I haven't played it in 12 years. Like, just useless <laughs> information throughout my brain. Um, I mean, th- this just probably strikes me as one of these games that you that you chalk up and you move on. Uh, I mean, we know what the Mavericks' weaknesses are. And I think when you see a trade today, like the Pascal Siakam trade, it throws everyone into a dither because there are Mavs fans quite reasonably that are like, when you have a guy like Luka Doncic, you need to go for it every year. The problem is they went for it repeatedly in the past and fucked up every time. Like the fact that we're like, oh, well, maybe we could reunite for Dorian Finney-Smith. I can't express to you the rage I will feel if we send out a first-round pick for Dorian Finney-Smith in the year of our Lord 2024. Don't care how good he's playing. Like you, you he's cannot not playing, do this. He's not playing well right now, by the way. You, you, like, are the Mavericks, like, like it comes down to this. Are the Mavericks going to win a championship this year? Yes or no, Josh? No. No, that's not a crime. This is where we are. When you miss the playoffs one year, the next year it's going to be harder. And they've taken real steps. Now, when you have Luka, I hear what you're saying. The right path can get you there. But if you don't see it, you don't see it. I, I just, I don't think you mortgage your future every time. I just don't. No, unless it's like for me, like I would have mortgaged my future for for Siakam, but I'm Siakam pilled. Like I'm just a big Siakam. Well, and guy. and when but we also, see what the Pacers gave up, yeah, even it, if it is flotsam first rounders, the Mavericks don't even have those to give up. No, no, they don't. Uh, so yeah, like it was just a matter of you know they couldn't afford that. So uh, you know, there's some options. It's you know, it depends on what kind of move they make. Like, you know, I see people floating like PJ Washington's name and and that would be really cool. But I, you know, it still comes back to like, I just don't know what they're going to give up to get one of these guys. But like, if they can, if they can make a trade for someone that fits within kind of their timeline and like lively and Luca, but also still being pretty good, that makes sense. But yeah, otherwise, like they don't need to do, they don't need to be trading for like older vets or anything like that. I don't think like giving up anything tangible, like I would rather them just wait maybe push their chips in again in the summer. Where where do you sit on this, on this hilariously misconstrued interest in Andrew Wiggins? Oh my God. No. Like I did. No. What if I told you guys that, that Andrew Wiggins has shot the ball worse than Grant Williams? Yeah. He's been a, he's been a significantly worse NBA player than Grant Williams this season. I mean, I'm not not sure. I'm not sure if I agree with that because I think he gets more chances at volume than Grant yeah, Williams. Yeah, but I'm turning in terms of like impacting winning or losing, he has impacted a lot of losses for the Warriors. This and everyone's season. like, well, we can and and so the the fans who are very no. yes, the the fan the fans who are very into him are very much approaching it like a toxic relationship where it's like, I can fix her. 
No, you, you can't. The 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 Timberwolves owner who paid him the, the his first supermax basically said, "I'm I'm giving you this with the understanding that you're going to continue to play hard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, he was a disappointment in Minnesota. He played what? Like good, he had, good, he's had good one and a half, half good years. He's had the, one and a half good years of basketball. That's the, the playoff run was legit, and then then like he was not good last season. Nope. Uh, I know he's going through stuff, but like, not not me holding it against him. No, but like that, that is NBA a fact. team. Like yeah, if if he's going through something that's affecting his performance, you can't trade for him until yeah. he figures that out. Uh, and you don't want to be the team that has to try to fix it. You know, you want him to be you know fixed it beforehand like or, or or feel like he's figured that out but i mean he makes sense from a size what but like you know the, the contract like he's not playing well it's just i would just rather than like if it's coming down to that it's like why like why make that move now when it's not going to guarantee you that you're going to be one of the top three in the west like you might as well his, wait. His like contract- for me is that bad? Yeah, like for me, I was so into the Pascal idea because I believed if they traded for him that they could be a top three team in the West. Like, with if you're trading for Wiggins, like you got to hope that he turns it around. Like, that's not. I don't need a team with limited assets to be trading for someone that like can hope that they can turn it around. Now I understand that because of their limited assets, they kind of have to go after these like fallen angel right. appreciate asset. But this is too depre- Like this is too far, too far gone. Like it's just. You know, that's just really, really tough. I, I I just don't see a way, you know, I just don't see a way it makes sense, you know, why, and, and, and why risk wrong. your cap and your tax and, like, be close to the second apron for, for that guy is just, yeah. I don't see it. <sighs> yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I've not been around for a couple of games. I've been the schedule's like... going to pick up pretty pretty soon. Have you seen the schedule for yeah, it's tough. It's February? tough. It's yeah. tough. And you know they're they're sitting here. Um, the Mavericks are sitting here at six games over five hundred. Um, this is why the stacking of wins was mm-hmm. so like what's what's coming up next for them is why the stacking of wins is so important. And we're going to get to this point. At least I I think we're going to get to the point where people sort of miss. Where, where the the hardcore fans are, it's like kind of start to take for granted what six games over five hundred would mean for the full season, be forty four and thirty eight as opposed to the thirty eight and forty four they were last year. And teams just don't take huge jumps year in and out. Like you don't see double digit win total jumps. Is it possible that the Mavericks get to forty eight wins? Yeah, but I think forty four is likely, and I. If if they play 500 ball the rest of the season, that's going to drive our fan base nuts. But it's also going to they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I and I I don't say that to like Debbie Downer. Like I you're have, being positive. I have fun watching these games. It's just it's like they they play a little bit of it. They played a little bit of a soft schedule. And they mostly took advantage of it. I know that sounds crazy saying this out loud, guys. But you you scroll back through the loss records, and the ones that really stick in your craw are the two from the homestand. You know, the, the New Orleans loss was stupid. The Memphis loss was stupid. But splitting with New Orleans, I think, is, a, is, is important. You, you keep rolling back through these losses, and there's the, um, the other Memphis loss. 
that Oklahoma City loss where the Mavericks came all the way back, those sort of stink. The Cleveland loss where they had a 20-point lead in the second yes. half. Other than that, I don't, you know, like we we talked, that's like six of their, what is it? What are they right now? They're, that's like, that's probably eight of their 18 losses that you think that maybe the Mavericks should have won. Well, look, if they're 32 and 10 instead of 24 and 8, they're the best team in the West. Like that's <laughs> that's not a thing either. I think, yeah, that's right. Because the best team in the West is 29 and 11. Like it's just like I, I'm just trying to be like uh, like uh, realistic with a side of positive. And so that that's just sort of where I am right now. We'll see where they go. Um I can hear my 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 wife took the dogs upstairs tonight. She's like, they're just gonna bark during your show, and I can hear them wrestling, like as if <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, do you have anything else we should talk about? No, I don't think so. Because you know, knowing the Mavericks are going to come right back and hit, you know, twenty-five threes against the Warriors or something. Um, that's not a jinx. I don't know. Maybe they lose. Well, the oh, Warriors no. game is up in the air right now because they suffered. Oh, that's right. Really? I, I mean, I, I do think we end up playing the Warriors on Friday because, like, is but they they suffer like one of the most well liked coaches in European basketball. I can't. I don't even try to pronounce the man's name and, and be disrespectful here, but. Every single European basketball player seemed like had kind words to say about him. Really, like he apparently in and his his death was tragic, not only because he died, period, but it was also like I, I it was kind of a the situation was just exceptionally sad. I mean, it was at a team dinner, it seems like. Um, and so who knows if the Warriors play Friday. If they do play Friday against the Mavericks, the Mavericks are playing against like a suit, you know, just to put it like not to be crass, but they the Mavericks were on the risk of playing like a supercharged, very emotional Warriors team. Like the Warriors are not a terrible basketball team. They're just not as good as the Mavericks. But as we've seen, that's the thing that can really cause the Mavericks cause the Mavericks problems. Um, you know, and if it does get postponed, we'll see. Um, yeah, if you guys are, are are if you guys don't know about this, like I would look into it at your own peril because it's just it's sad. I mean, yeah. it just get your hearts checked out, men which is like 95% of our audience. Um, mm. Trying to think if there's, if there's really anything else. Um, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't so. All right. Well, we'll be back. I'm not going to do a live show. I said I was gonna, I'm not, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't like, I, I'm sure some people would really like an outlet and I apologize. I just don't have the the juice to keep going. I may be able to do it Friday, but like, then I have these Saturday, like these youth Saturday morning sports schedules that are just like a punch in the dick sometimes whenever <laughs> <laughs> like I, we're like we close up people don't know this but like you and i continue to work for at least another hour after the show ends and then if the show ends at 12 30 that means 1 30 and then i'm up at 6 30 and it's like i just can't keep doing that i can't keep doing that anyway i'm really really sorry guys i will try to get better about this i miss doing live shows too because frankly they're good for us they're like the josh and i you know we we i like doing them and and then they they are helpful to our show in general so all right, we'll be back Friday. I really apologize. Uh, you know, it's my fault that the Mavericks lost and that I'm not doing a live show. So we'll be back. Um, everybody have a good night, and I will talk with Josh on Friday. Go Mavs. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.